It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Football Social Daily. Find your nearest GDK restaurants at germandonakebab.com. Hello, this is Football Social Daily, the only daily Premier League podcast that looks exclusively at the English top flight. I'm Jim Salverson, I've got Marley Anderson here. Hello. I've got Lee Whitehouse here. Hello. Have you both doused yourself fully with the relevant uh, amounts totally. of hand gels? I, it's yeah. all about elbows now, elbow, <laughs> elbow touching. That's how we all greet each other. Yeah. Yeah, Coming to the office in the morning, everyone touches elbows. I've always done that, just on um, street it's the only reason I have <laughs> special handshakes. Jesus. Uh, right, we're going to be talking about COVID-19 today on the podcast because everyone is. Obviously, the impact is far wider and more important than what is happening in the Premier League right now. But we have seen the first real impact on the Premier League as tonight's rescheduled game between Manchester City and Arsenal has been officially called off now. We're going to take a quick look at the potential impact of the virus on football in the UK. Spurs, well, they're out of the Champions League after the very well-timed cough there. Perfect. Uh, Spurs are out of the Champions that was, League. That was purely because I drank a bit of tea and it went down the wrong way. You say that. I'm saying self-isolation for Marley. Right, Spurs are out of the Champions League. There was a limp display last night against RB Leipzig. But where does that leave the club this season? And what does it say about the future of Jose Mourinho as well. Are his days already looking numbered at Spurs? And we have Liverpool in action tonight. The Premier League is pretty much all sewn up, but they would love to retain the Champions League trophy too. And if they still want a chance of doing that, they'll need to overcome a 1-0 deficit to Atletico Madrid in tonight's match. We'll assess their chances of doing that a little bit later. But first, the coronavirus. Do you know what? I never thought I'd miss talking about Brexit. But apparently <laughs> coronavirus is the new thing we have it to talk about. Thing. It's everywhere, 24-7 at the moment. And we've seen in the last 24 hours the first real impact on the Premier League. Tonight's game between Arsenal and Manchester City, which had already been rearranged, is now being called off. So that needs to be rearranged at a future date. To bring you up to speed as quick as I can in what has happened in the last 24 hours. So Arsenal played Olympiacos 12 days ago in the Champions League. After that match, an unnamed group of Arsenal players met the Greek businessman Evangelos Marikanas, who also owns Olympiakos and Nottingham Forest. Since that meeting, it's been revealed that Marikanas has tested positive for the coronavirus, meaning there is a possibility that he infected both the Arsenal players he met after that match 
and members of the Nottingham Forest playing squad, although I believe they have been tested for the virus and those tests have come back negative. So a number of Arsenal players have been forced to self-isolate for 14 days after that game as a precaution, which means tonight's game, which falls within that 14-day period, has been called off. It's unfortunate, but it kind of makes sense from a safety point of view. Now we should point out, as far as I know, none of us are doctors, right? No, no, none no, of us no. are virus experts, so we're not going to give you advice on how to avoid the virus or whether the right or wrong thing has happened here because we can't really offer an opinion on that. But we are football fans and there are things we can talk about from that angle. So we don't really know how it's going to escalate from here. That's the other question at the moment. And what happens to the Premier League if the virus gets worse, if the country follows the lead that the Italian government has. We don't really know what's going to happen, but one option that has been explored by other countries, which looks like it might happen here in the future, is games being played behind closed doors. Now, purely on a footballing basis, that doesn't seem like the right decision to me. I can't imagine football without fans, but that looks to be where we're going. It does, and it is it's weird isn't it when you watch a game behind closed doors whether it's for uh, a racist ban in, in the past we've seen a lot mm. um, I, I was watching the highlights of Atalanta and Valencia uh, last night and it's just weird that it, in the Mestalla which holds like 60,000 people there was just oh, you could hear the players shouting you could hear every kick of the ball there was no reaction Valencia probably needed their fans if they were ever going to come back last night and get something against Atalanta it changes I mean, the game yeah, I a mean, lot. I think they went. Um, I think they went three-one up at one point, and it was like three-one. If 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 someone's gonna start to wobble, as in Atalanta, it's gonna be because there's sixty thousand people getting on Valencia to, mm. to overturn it, and it was like put them at a disadvantage of like they didn't have that at all, and that's that's the football aspect of it. But when you break it down, I think Pep Guardiola said it this week as well. Um, football is for fans. It's not. Like if you take fans away, what's what's the point in playing football? It's mm. just it's it's not a thing without fans. It's just postpone the games. Like if you don't have to play them, even if you have to cancel competitions, not really bothered. Just do it. Like just keep people safe. Like, even going back to the Valencia Atalanta game last night, Atalanta played their first leg in Milan at the San Siro because their their stadium in Bergamo isn't um, up to UEFA's UEFA's standards. So they they're coming from the most infected area of Europe and then their their players are still allowed to go and play I'm not saying any of them have got it but I mean there's a strong bloody chance that some of them have been in around people mm. in their in that two week period of um of where you should be self isolate isolating to um to combat this this virus I mean fundamentally on a football level it creates an unfair advantage to one of the teams, particularly when you're looking at two legs. One leg's being played in a partisan arena, the other leg. You compared it to uh, the racism where we've seen games played mm. behind closed doors as a punishment, punishment for racist incidents, which has a knock-on effect for that team, which is why it's a punishment. Yeah. It's not just to the fans that can't be there, it's kind of it's to the team as a whole. Hit them in the pocket as well, isn't it? That's the, that's the thing. Barcelona's um, chairman this week said it was uh, they're going to lose six million from playing the Champions League game against Napoli behind wow. closed doors. Losing six million when you're Barcelona is not really a big <laughs> thing, if you ask me. It's yeah. more if you lose one fan, that's worth mm. more than six mm. million pounds because you've knowingly let that fan contract a virus that may kill him or her. So 
six million is a small price to pay, really. But in in just don't play the game. Just yeah. let's just play it at another time, or 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 just scrap it. I'm not I'm not really bothered. I think that's the interesting thing here because at the end of the day, the football has to follow the advice. So the World Health yeah. Organization or the government, whoever is giving that advice, football needs to follow that to safeguard people's health and safeguard people's future. It's interesting how the Premier League are reacting now. We know match day fans are a low priority nowadays. <laughs> we see with fixture scheduling constantly that yeah. they are well down the list. So there are two priorities for the Premier League here, it would seem. One is making sure the season finishes because no one wants the season abandoned halfway through. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. But two... Especially Liverpool fans. <laughs> yeah, Liverpool fans. But there's, there's money at stake here, which has got to be a massive consideration for the Premier League. If they start cancelling leagues and cancelling games, then that TV revenue, surely that has to be handed back. Surely there'll be people who have Sky Sports subscriptions going, hang on, you've not shown me any football for three months here. So that they have to consider that, which is probably fundamentally why they want to continue showing games on telly and playing them behind closed doors. Yeah, potentially, but... I agree with everything that Marley's just said. I think it's it's a, you know we've football's an entertainment sport. It's a sport for spectators. It's a sport um, that you know you can't. If you think about the game, let's, let's think about the game tonight. Liverpool, Atletico. Everyone's talking about Liverpool are going to overturn this one 0 deficit. I know we're going to talk about that in a bit, mm. but all because of that extra twelfth man that they keep talking about that Anfield brings. If they play that game behind closed doors and the and the cop isn't there. You know, sucking the ball in as they all keep telling you that it all happens. <laughs> that cliche. Yeah. So, if, um, <laughs> but if 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 your fans aren't there, then you know it does take that advantage away from you. You know, in in that in that sense, and also, you know, it's important for the fans itself. They want to go and watch their team, don't they? And they yeah, don't want to miss out. You got a season ticket holder, and all of a sudden you you know you've been told that oh your game's going to happen. Uh, Sky are going to put it on. So you, if you ain't got Sky Tough. However, they're going to do it. The club will probably broadcast it somehow or charge you yeah. for it. Um, but no, it's it's got to be it's got to be right um, for the fans because ultimately, you know, the one. But the difficulty is, if you cancel the games, if you say right, we've postponed this for two weeks or whatever the shutdown period is, like they were looking at till the second of April in Italy, I think is when their mm. season shut down. Till that's what, when do you play those games? That's what baffles mm. me. You know, when they're saying, oh, it's it's. Um, I think it's the. Th- Third, second or third of April, they're on about um, being suspended till. Well, what happens then? Like, <laughs> yeah. what is what is is that when this virus is going to end? Is is that does it is has it got has it got a time period where it just goes right? We've had enough now. We've We're not going to start. You're, you're asking questions we can't answer. Now, exactly. <laughs> like what? Where's this thing of where's the where's the guarantee that on yeah. on the first of April? Um, the third of April that it's gonna go. It's still gonna be here. Well, it's gonna yeah. be. Why can't we just extend the season? What's the problem with that? Well, I know, the Euros. I'm, well, the, the Euros, Euros can be pushed back. It's, why not cancel the Euros? Or cancel. Why the not Euros? cancel them before they've started? You yeah. can't cancel something halfway through, but because obviously, like, there's money and there's mm. all the rest of it. Um, the way I see it, Europe is um, the Euros 2020 is around Europe now, which is a massive problem because. So the virus. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like the virus is in Italy and we're playing in England, so we should be all right. It's all around Europe. Everywhere's got it. The amount of people, players, fans, uh, officials, everything travelling around Europe is going to be just unavoidable to to get this virus. Just before it even starts, just say, we'll do it next year in 2021. Mm. There's nothing on. 
2021. Yeah, there you... might be a Nations League semi-final or something, but who gives a shit? <laughs> well, it's, it's <laughs> no one cares. No one cares about that. It's not like no, there's no, been an infrastructure right. built around hosting the tournament either, like there has when one country hosts a tournament exactly. and they build an infrastructure and yeah. build stadiums around. That's not really happened because exactly. they've spread it throughout Europe. Interesting that you mentioned the Italian thing and the fact that 2nd or 3rd of April, they're looking to bring back games. They've actually admitted that they don't know what's going to happen beyond the 2nd or 3rd of April, that it might be the end of the season. I'd if it be is amazed the end of the season, what they've suggested is they will take the current standings in the Italian league and that will be the final standings that can't be what of they that do. competition. They cannot do that. Well, that's, that's exactly what we're looking at potentially in the Premier League if, if as you well. Did, if you did that now, Villa ultimately would still go down, granted. But the reality is that after the game the other night, I mean, they, looked, they were absolutely woeful. And the fixtures they've got coming up, and you imagine that they would just go into free fall mm. and they'd just disappear. You know, that's one team left out of it, if, if that makes sense. So you can't just end the season when no one's played each, when they haven't played the best teams in the league. They've got to play the top five. You can't just do that. Mm. You know, Norwich have probably played them all. <laughs> you know, that's the. But suppose, but that. suppose we have to call an end to the season now, and it has to happen. So the, some of the advice is the coronavirus will be an issue around the globe for the next 18 months. You can't push back the rest of the season for 18 months. You have to no. deal with what's on the table now. So they have to go, right, that's it. End of the Premier League season. So what do you do in that scenario? Do you relegate <laughs> the bottom three teams? Do you give do you start Liverpool again? the title? Do you start yeah. Look, again? I'm a West Brom fan. You are relegating those bottom two anyway. <laughs> so the top two are going off wherever. Well, it, 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 this isn't cricket. There's no like Duckworth-Lewis rule yeah. or whatever it is when somebody gets abandoned halfway through. If you, Liverpool probably deserve the title. They're yeah, not going to get yeah, caught. They're yeah. probably going to win yeah, but, it. But if you're going to give them the title, you've got to relegate the bottom three teams. You've got to relegate Aston Villa, Norwich City. Is it Bournemouth at 13? You've got to promote Bournemouth, West yeah. Brom. Well, you'd have to. You'd probably do the bottom two because you can't play the playoff, can you? But you so, can't. That's, that's, a, that's the thing, though. Like Villa have played one game less than them, and if they won that if game, they won that game, yeah. they would be out of the relegation yeah. zone. <laughs> but they've still, like I said, but they've still got and the, what for the go down? Yeah. Six of the top seven, I think they've got to play. Um, uh, Villa yet so you Smartness. can't you know if they were to if they were to do it and they won the game and and they managed to stay out and yet they've still got to play uh, Liverpool Man City Leicester you can't you can't because it's just it's not fair on the other teams who've had to play those teams twice so you the only thing to do is say this season is null and void Liverpool don't win the title <sighs> what a yeah. great way for Norwich. Liverpool not to win the title is it <laughs> it's, it's an incredible <laughs> scenario it, 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 it really is and like I know <laughs> we say <laughs> we say it would be funny as hell if that happened. Like, and it, it just would, wouldn't it? Would, would. But like, it, there's a more serious undertone to it. But it would, be, it would be funny. Well, I think Wolves said it best. They applied for their game at Olympiakos to be postponed. They're playing tonight in Greece. They said it was an unnecessary risk, and they said there are some things that are more important than football: the good health of our pack and the general public is one of them. Which I think is a uh, good yeah, word but, but their fans are moaning. I've got, I've got four mates who are meant to be going. Uh, to that game, and they're now, they're now moaning about it, and there's so they the fans want to go. The fans aren't, uh, you know, it's interesting. I guess. The Greece economy needs them to go as well. Yeah, the that's way that's true, going, yeah. but I mean, if, as it stands though, Wolves are still playing Olympiakos. Yeah. Whereas Getafe are refusing to go to Inter and play in the Europa League in the same competition. Getafe's president has said, "We are not going. If you kick us out, kick us out, but we're not going." Like so, then there's two different things of wolves are saying, "Oh, this is this is rubbish," and then like, "Yeah, but you're still playing," and they're like, "Yeah, okay," and then Getafe are like, "We don't care whatever happens to us." Getafe are a smaller club than Wolves, mm. probably. I mean, in terms of the, revenue, as far so as, if as they the need players are concerned, there's no massive risk to the players. I think there's 
like the eight, really the, eight, the, yeah. the 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 suggested we're getting into the medical realms here of stuff we don't <laughs> understand but the if you're under 40 you're pretty much okay at the moment that's the yeah. general case no underlying health that. issues yeah, yeah exactly so the, it's not the player stuff it's about the spread of the virus yeah. so no immediate risk to maybe the players but it, their family and friends and the people they come into contact with outside of that that the issue let's move on to talk about a game that did take place last night. Tottenham were in action in the Champions League. Action might not be the right word, actually, considering the display from Spurs. They're playing RB Leipzig, lost 3-0, crashed out of the Champions League. What do you make of the performance last night, boys? I think some of them were playing like they had coronavirus, the way <laughs> things were going. Um, they were awful. They were second best from... I mean, they had a good sort of opening to the match. Um, started relatively brightly, but then conceded after 10 minutes, and that was it. That was a tight gone. If you're going to make a comeback away from home in the second leg, just don't concede in the first half an hour. Just get yourself into the game. And after half an hour, they were 2-0 down and that was it. It was 3-0 on aggregate. And they went on to just roll over. And as we know, they've got no strike force. They've got no sort of goal threat. And it was a simple game for Leipzig. who were a very, very good team. When you look at the lineup that Tottenham put out, the 11 they put out, you said they've got no strike force. They've got no real squad it's not a terrible team they no, put out no, either you'd no. fancy him to get a result for example if you put that team out against Burnley you'd probably back him to beat Burnley like they didn't at the weekend Loris in goal yeah. uh, Tanganga yep. Dyer yep. Alderwilder at the back Sessegnon and Aurier playing kind of wing back roles Lo Celso probably not his natural position but in the middle with Winks and then you've got Mora Lamala up front with Ali playing as we predicted on yesterday's podcast the kind of false nine role there's yeah. goals in that team and they're solid enough at the back you'd think I think for, if I was a Spurs fan I'd be more concerned around the, the lack of passion that came out of it they, mm. they literally just went out with a whimper and if, you th- if they look back to last season's Champions League and they'll always talk about the Ajax resort when they came back you know came back from the dead in almost and that was without Harry Kane so they can't say it's all about Harry Kane that they, they got to the Champions League final last year uh, it's just that there's no the, there's no passion it's almost as if you know, the, the Pochettino thing came to an end uh, in a natural way. I think he got he got the club as far as he, he could. But what what I'd fear more if I was especially Mourinho is just sucking the life out of it. Mm. He absolutely is. He's he's, he's gone. He's, he went in there and he was all you know jovial and positive. Mm. He, he was coming out with comments you wouldn't expect him to be coming out with. Um, but he's literally just heading straight back into the old Mourinho from when he was at Man United. Excuses, excuses. Yeah. Being miserable, moaning. I mean, he's absolutely slammed the players. Um, I mean, certainly Delhi Ali also slammed the players um, yesterday as well for for the performance. But it's just the lack of the lack of passion towards it all, and they've just kind of yeah, just disappeared and gone off, and that's it. Rob Green said something really interesting after the match. He said that the team has lost its identity, which I think is a really interesting point because when it was Pochettino's Spurs, you knew exactly how they were going to play. You knew you were going to get this exciting, counter-attacking, free-flowing football. Richard Pochettino played some of the most exciting football in the Premier League during his time Mm. at Spurs. With Mourinho coming in, what you would have expected to get would be players that run themselves into the ground, determination to win, and that kind of what's been dubbed anti-football. So that kind of like (laughs) turgid, defensive style that Mourinho seems to love. Mm. That hasn't happened at Spurs. He doesn't seem to know what he's trying to do with that team and how to get the best out of them. Yeah, and that's that's where his his test is going to be. Um, can he can he reform them with with you would assume not that much money if you look at the levies um, 
record in in mm-hmm. spending. Um, we've we've spoken quite a lot about um, Spurs sort of coming to the end of a cycle with Pochettino. Um, I think that probably extends to the players as well. If you look at the playing squad, if you look at who played last night, Hugo Lloris was terrible. He made like, two of the goals, certainly the header for the second goal, mm. um, for Savitza's second goal. The first goal he got a, he got a hand to, when you can kind of understand because it was a very powerful shot. So, But he just looks for me like he's just not bothered anymore. Like He, he looks like he's done everything at Spurs. He feels like they've peaked and he's ready for something new. So I'd, I'd ditch him in the summer, just get someone else. I was looking at those goals and Niall, who's not on the podcast today, but he's in the sports social office doing some other bits. He likes to have a bit of a go at people when they don't do very well. And he was <laughs> he was laying right into Hugo Lloris. And I watched the goals and I was like, yeah, you could have done better. Yeah. With both the goals you're talking about. But at the same time, you look at what was in front of him for yeah. both those games. The first goal with the shot that he got the hand to just... He wasn't closed down at all when he was allowed a free run into the box, essentially. The second goal, there was no challenge on the header. It was a mistake by Aurier, who failed to clean the ball. So you can't just lay the blame at Loris's feet. No, it's not just him. It's just the way they they seem. Like, they don't seem bothered. There wasn't enough of of a concerted effort to get back into the game last night. It wasn't... It wasn't Spurs that we used to, so there's as we no said, belief, where's the identity gone? There's no belief in them, in them that they're going to get back into that. Yeah, there's no belief in them. Though. I don't think the players believed themselves going into that game they're going to turn it round. Um, you know, touching on Mourinho, you kind of wonder whether, like you say, you'd expect it this torrid football, yeah. and you expect to go in and sort them out at the back um, and go anti-football. But I kind of almost feel that because of all the criticism he received at United. And, you know, United's a big club and the press were hounding him and the fans were hounding him. Everybody was on his case about the style of football and how mm. he went about it. He's almost like he's gone against everything he believes. He's trying to prove a point. But the problem is he's, he just... I don't think he he can get that team moving. He can't... He's not a great... Sometimes I think his motivational efforts... We've spoke about him at length in the past. They're all in the... You know, all historic. He, he tries to call out players, tries to get a reaction from players... Don't work in these with these superstars now. No. They just, you know, they 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 like to have the little cotton wool wrapped around them and and all the rest of it. They earn all the big money. You know, he's got to change the way he's got to change if he's going to get um, anything out of these players. I honestly don't think he'll be there though. If, if, if I'm well, telling you, I think they'll get rid of him. What so. do you think happens to Spurs now? Because I they'll probably miss out on top four. It doesn't look like they're going to get top four, so they won't get Champions League football next season. We saw from. Lucas Moura's reaction after the game. He was on the turf in the middle of the pitch, virtually in tears. That kind of shows how important Champions League football is to these players. You think that some of the more significant players in Spurs will want to leave, like Harry Kane. We've talked about him leaving if there's no Champions League football for ages. Where do they go? What do they do? We know the squad needs a rebuild. Pochettino was banging on for five months or so (laughs) that the squad needed a rebuild, and then Daniel Levy just gets rid of the manager and keeps the same players. Something (laughs) needs to happen in the summer, and I don't quite know what that is I don't know whether Jose Mourinho gets given 150 million quid to rebuild whether they do sell Harry Kane use that money to rebuild whether Mourinho stays whether they get rid of him get Nagelsmann in he seems to be one of the hottest prospects in (laughs) European football I've got I haven't got a clue what's going to happen no me to be honest (laughs) me neither um it's, it's That's why you listen to this podcast. It's a strange... <laughs> insight like that <laughs> it's a strange job they, they need you would you would assume they're not going to sack Mourinho, so if you're not going to sack him, you got to back him. That's mm. that's where it is. 
Um, Pochettino's still out of work. I'm, I bet you any money Levy's thinking, for God's sake, I wonder if I should have just kept him. <laughs> because yeah. he's still he's still in London as well. He's, he's probably there, yeah. he's probably going round for a coffee on a, on a Monday morning going, ah. Oh, I don't think Pochettino but, and Levy having coffees together. <laughs> <laughs> Send him a text. I'm sorry. Send him a love letter. I'm, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have did what I did. We're talking about a Tottenham rebuild. Um, and normally when you talk about rebuild, you, look, you obviously look at Man United and look at all the success they had. Arsenal, they're, they're going through a, a, a change at the moment and they've had a lot of success in the past. We're talking about a team rebuilding. They actually won nothing. That's the interesting mm. part. They've actually done nothing in reality. They got to a Champions League final, yes. They pushed Leicester, but it's Leicester that won the league, not Tottenham. Tottenham <laughs> should have won the league that year. Um, they've skirted around cup semi-finals, but reality is they've actually done nothing. As it, they've they've played some great football. Don't be wrong. Yeah, I think Pochettino yeah. was very successful in that sense. But going through a rebuild for players who have actually won nothing in in their mm. careers, you know. So no doubt that these players will be walking out. I, I can't see Deli Ali sitting. Although he's been part of the problem, I think this year. But I can't see him sitting there. Harry Kane's got to leave if yeah. he wants to win trophies. If they're going through a rebuild process for under Mourinho if that's what they're going to do that's how you fund the rebuild as well isn't it you get the 150 million quid you get yeah, Harry Kane yeah. well yeah FFP will give them a problem in the rebuild I don't, I'm not sure if the stadium is causing them a problem financially as well that's the other concern because Arsenal had that for quite a while having to you know re- yeah, rebalance the books I after the Emirates. Yeah. I think part of the benefits of having Daniel Levy as your chairman is that was yeah, all balanced and financed and won't cause any problems for recruitment in the future. Uh, there's another manager under pressure in the Premier League as well. Dean Smith is reportedly being given one Crazy. game to save his job. Crazy. We'll talk about that next on Football Social Daily and we'll talk about Liverpool's game tonight against Atletico Madrid. We'll do that next. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at germandonerkebab.com. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Dean Smith is under pressure at Aston Villa. Reportedly has one game to save his job and that game is against Chelsea. If you're going to pick a team to save your job, you wouldn't pick Chelsea at the moment, would you? You wouldn't. Um, Chelsea are all over the place in terms of like over the last six, seven weeks. Mm. But you know you're bound to go and hammer Villa. Like Villa have just shipped four at Leicester, who weren't in the best form. So Chelsea are in better form than Leicester. So you you're judging by that that Dean Smith's going to be under even more pressure. But we're 28 games into the season. Why is he under pressure now? He's, they've never been clear of relegation and, and roll flirting the dice, with the top half. I mean, the problem with the Premier League is the riches compared to the ch- Championship are so big yep. that there's so much value there yeah. that when you're getting to this end of the season and you're staring into the abyss, there's a certain desperation that you need to do something. When I mentioned this before, uh, just before the break, Lee, you were just muttering crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Absolute nonsense. This 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 guy's gone into a club. They, they, did, uh, they hate to be called the Fulham of... Of lasses, but <laughs> relatives, they had to they had to strip out the entire squad mm. and start again. They've got they only had fourteen players they've had, they, of their yeah, own. Yeah, fourteen. They yeah. they started with. They've got John McGinn, who's arguably one of their better players. Uh, he's been injured for quite a while. He he's hopefully back soon. Granted, the run of fixtures suggests, and the way they played on uh, Monday night suggests that they're going to go down because they they literally just disappeared in that game, yeah. and yeah. and it was poor. Def- I mean, defensively they were awful. You know, against and if you're going to ship that many goals. Um, in a season, a bit of a problem for them. I get that, but the reality is now you're you're potentially ten games away from being relegated. Fine, a new manager coming in is he going to turn it around when you've got to play 
six of the top seven no is in reality because a new manager is not going to suddenly start picking up points against um, Chelsea Man United and all those teams so why not stick with him if you go down he's the best man to bring you back up because yeah. he's arguably one of the best um, best managers in the in the cha- who would around in the who was when he in his time in the championship I remember when we um, as West Brom we sacked Darren Moore and everybody just went go and get Smith, just go and get him. And we didn't go and get him. And Villa went and got him. And look what happened. Villa went on a crazy run uh, once they sacked Steve Bruce. And it was absolutely phenomenal where he did sack Lord. <laughs> where did he end up? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's mad that they'd even think about um, getting rid of him because he loves the club. He's, he's Villa through and through. His family are Villa through and through. He knows the club. He knows what it's about. He knows what it means to the fans. You know, you've got to... If, he, if they go down with him, he will bring them back up a stronger team, hundred percent. They'll be favourites to win that league next year, so just just stick with him and give him give him a chance. They need ten points. Conservatively, they need ten points to stay up. It's hard to see any manager getting that. But if they do get rid of Dean Smith, they're gonna they're gonna be reaching for the big Sam alarm, right? They're gonna be putting the big Sam signal up into the sky and hoping he oh comes running God. because that is, I mean. <sighs> As as desperate as measures seem, in that kind of scenario, that is the manager that you get in. Oh, I was thinking this: where where would you go? Who who goes to Villa and and improves them quickly? I'd, <coughs> you say Big Sam, Jesus Christ! Like why? Why? Where's the guarantee as well that that he will get you out of well, it? Well, there and is then, no and guarantee. Stick around, There's Tony Pulis. Bloody hell. But that's desperate times and you got Tony I'd rather Pumas. relegation and take my chances next year. When Just, you are in that kind well, of situation, yeah, though, what you Rebuild, need is... Rebuild, go again. I mean, we know Aston Villa have made huge mistakes in the Premier League this season that's cost them goals. I think they've made more mistakes in open play than any other team that have resulted directly in goals. If you want to r- eradicate that, and that is job one if you're trying to keep them up, it's a big Sam character. It's someone who does get a defence playing well. And it is a cliche. I'll ring the cliche <laughs> bell because he does create solid defensive football teams thing is Aston Villa have got arguably the best centre back of all time uh, Premier League <laughs> Premier sorry, back, sorry. <laughs> Argu- arguably where, where have they been keeping him <laughs> no John Terry on the, oh, on the, on the coaching okay. staff yeah. 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 Like Tyrone Mings oh there. Jesus Christ no Marley is a Tyrone Mings fanboy <laughs> <laughs> no I mean they've got John Terry so like why can't he teach other players how to defend like they've been They've been the, the, they've conceded the most goals in the Premier League. It's individual errors oh, as well, madness. isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I thought they were. I think Engels is rubbish uh, for me. All, yeah. He's poor. The other really guy poor. at the back is it Gilbert or Gilbert? Where is his name? The right he back. Was, yeah, Gilbert, he was yeah. absolutely atrocious. The other night, but it's individual errors that are costing them as well. Mm. If you look at the goals, I mean, I saying that actually, I thought they were a bit hard done to the other night with the penalty. I don't oh, think yeah. it, I don't anyway. think it was a penalty, and it one 0 you're, you're, yeah, you're yeah. still in the game, aren't you? It's um, but. They showed it. They showed enough in the in the League Cup to show that they've they've got character about them, and they yeah. they could put. You know, they could surprise a couple of the teams at the top. I can't see it myself, but yeah. it, they could. Um, I said yesterday. Did, do you think that that was their last hurrah? That was their last potentially yeah. massive effort to win a trophy. Yeah. If we and it was that that thing. If, if we win a trophy and we go down, we can at least say we've won a trophy. Birmingham and then they City didn't win did the that, trophy, yeah. so. What have they got now? They're just going to go down. Just going to go down with it, a whimper. It does feel like it is too late. I've just seen a headline just break as well that Danny Drinkwater has been sent home from training yeah. as well after a training ground bust up. So well, it's not, just one yeah, bad thing after not the other. Playing anyway, is he? He's head butted um, Jotter apparently. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So 
that the guy they got from Birmingham. Yeah, they, they've never played <laughs> all season. Never play him. So uh, Danny Drinkwater, Jesus, <clears throat> he's having. A, he's just <laughs> fell off a cliff career-wise, hasn't he? Went mm. for the money. That's what happened. He went for the money. He got beat beat up in a nightclub in Manchester a few few months back. That ended his uh, loan spell at um, Burnley. Mm. Villa, Villa got him. He had a shocker mm. on his debut. And then he's just went nutted jotter in training, so he'll he'll probably get sent back to to whoever. Where's he from? It's still still Chelsea. Yeah, is still it still Chelsea? Chelsea? Jesus Chelsea. Christ! So but he'll he'll turn up there. He'll probably have to ask for his who he is on when he comes back to reception. <laughs> the receptionist will be like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Danny, Danny who? <laughs> Drinkwater, Premier League champion, Danny Drinkwater." All <laughs> oh, right, um, yeah, sign in, pal. Sign in, sign out. You mentioned the run. Don't headbutt anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's not asking too much. You mentioned the run that Aston Villa do have. A new manager takes over. So Chelsea, let's take that out of the equation because that's when Dean Smith will leave. They then got Wolverhampton Wanderers at home, Liverpool away, Manchester United at home, Everton away, Arsenal at home, and finishing the season in a relegation three pointer at West Ham. That is zero so points. Zero points. It's a, it's a tough old run in for whoever takes They've, they've got a chance in the derby. Uh, That's the only thing I'd say. They've got a chance against Wolves. Against Wolves, yeah. I'd say that they could go in and give Wolves a game in the in the in the fact it's a derby, although on paper Wolves should just tear them apart. Yeah. yeah let's be honest. Little prediction. Oh go on. Norwich will finish above Aston Villa. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. There's only four points three points in it, four, four points. points. Yeah. Four points. <laughs> With them games, (laughs) who would you back to win a game of football at the minute? Those six games, seven games you just mentioned, or Norwich against whoever they've got, because I guarantee they won't have that tough a run in. Well, we'll do some predictions for tonight's game as well in a minute. It's Liverpool versus Atletico. It's Liverpool's turn of the Champions League. 1-0 deficit to Atletico in the first leg. This one is at Anfield. Two months ago, you would have gone Liverpool to win this. 100% they'll get a result. Now, I'm not entirely sure. I think they'll have enough, but... I think Liverpool feel slightly less confident than maybe they would have to overturn this deficit. Um, I'm not so sure. I, look, Liverpool come out; they'll come out the block, the the blocks flying when they they if they score, they score early. I mean, they'll they'll probably walk it because at that point, Atletico will need to come out and play. They'll need another goal. The concern for them is if if Atletico score, because then the away goals and they've got to then go and kick on in the form yeah. that their strikers are in. I mean, not, I'm not saying they're, they're having a. They've had a great season, Salah, um, Salah and Mane, Dumeron, but they're not looking as clinical as as they were six months ago. Uh, but like I said, they're at home. Everyone, everyone talks about this amazing atmosphere that's going to be around there tonight, and the fans will make a huge difference to that game. And I can just if they if they can score early. I think they'll, just, they'll go on, and the longer it goes on, is the problem because it just gets nervy. I mean, the challenge yeah. that Liverpool have is that if there was ever a team that you don't want to face when they need a draw, that team is Atletico Madrid <laughs> yeah, yeah. because they know how to play for a draw. Yeah, um, I as well with Atletico, they um, they got stung last year by um, Juventus when they they were I think they were two nil up or three nil up from the first um, first leg, and they tried to defend. A little bit too much and um, got stung by Cristiano Ronaldo hat trick and uh, ended up going out at the at the same stage or maybe maybe the quarterfinals can't quite remember but I think Liverpool will go out tonight. I think they won't. Just the way they're playing recently, when they when they're grinding out results. I mean, you're trying to grind down a, a, a bowler 
mm. in Atletico mm. Madrid. They are so solid. Like the back fours, amazing. In my opinion, they've got the best goalkeeper in the world in Jan Oblak. Um, and you've seen it in the first leg. They were they were throwing everything at them. They, they couldn't do it. They couldn't they couldn't break them down. So what does that tell you? You can't say, well, well, they'll get them in the second leg because they've got the cop. It's like, well, <laughs> really? Like, you know, Margaret in the middle of the cop cannot put the ball in the back of the net for you. Like, someone has to. And that, the the two banks of four that that Simeone will play, just they're just tireless. They they give you nothing. Mm. And then they've got players like Jao Felix and Maratta on the break. And if they if they get a goal from a set piece like they did in the first leg. All of a sudden, Liverpool need more. Well, they need you know they need at least two goals to uh, to get anything. Mm. And I, I I've just got a feeling they can't do it. They haven't got Allison. That's a big thing for me. Adrian's that is the concern. Got a howler in him whenever he plays. Yeah, he he looks shaky. It's the biggest game of his career as well. Yeah. Let's be, let's be honest. He's never played on a stage like this where he needs a result with his back against isn't the wall. That, isn't, he, isn't he an Atletico boy? Didn't he come Adrian, from the youth ranks at Atletico? I think he might have been the backup goalkeeper. I think that's when he came to England the first time, I think. I think he came from there. But he wasn't first choice. I think Moya was first choice right. back then. And then Oblak. So he was always sort of second, mm. secondary choice. But um, I, I, I worry about him a little bit if, you, if you're relying on him. Mm. You remember Alisson last year in the Champions League um, in the group stage? He made that insane save against Napoli. And they could have went out at that moment and they went on to win the competition. Because largely because of that save, that was as close as they ever were to going out of it. And then this year, you've got to rely on Allison to to uh, Adrian to um, to shore it's, things up against Atletico. It's also I'm the distribution, sure. isn't it, from Allison? His, his distribution's yeah. amazing. You, you you get it suddenly. You go. I mean, they do turn the uh, defense into attack from the keeper so quickly because he can pin, he can literally pinpoint a pass. Yeah. Then you get Salah on the break, and suddenly he's in. Mm. Uh, turn just turn. The game straight like that. Mm. I still think they'll win it. To me, well, I think they'll think... win. Yeah, I do. I think they'll win three-one. Last late, late winner. <laughs> if I'm honest, I think it'll be a very late winner. Um, the couple pull it in for them. The good <laughs> news. The good news for Liverpool is Jordan Henderson is back from his hamstring injury, which I hadn't quite appreciated how important Jordan Henderson was to Liverpool until he stopped playing for him. But he just allows them to have Robertson on one side and Trent Alexander on the other. His awareness, when they bomb forward, he drops in behind. He has that that kind of defensive awareness to cover for them. And that is massive for Liverpool tonight. Yeah, it's massive as well when you, you mentioned Trent Alexander-Arnold. I, I was watching him at the weekend when they were playing... Um, Play the weekend, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth, and he was Trent was awful. Mm. It was the first I've, first game I've ever looked at him and thought, I, "What are you doing?" He couldn't place a pass. He couldn't put a cross in. I was like, "I wonder what this is." And then maybe it's the Henderson effect. Maybe it's the fact that he doesn't have as much confidence in the fact that someone's going to drop in and cover him if he goes forward. But he has to tonight against against Atletico. He's, teams have been targeting that when Henderson's not been in the team. They've been targeting that space behind. Trent Alexander-Arnold and pinging balls into there because there has been space, there has been a gap. And Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of Liverpool's issues, if you want to call them issues, and it's a small blip, have come (laughs) over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, if you look at potential weak spots in Liverpool's team, which is hard because you're literally looking at, you know, chinks in armour rather than gaping holes in defences. You you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back and you, you know how attacking he is and how much... He likes to get forward. If you can turn the ball over quickly, 
you're going to get in behind him. And if you play someone like Thomas Lamar or Koke on the left, they're clever enough to get in behind him. And I think they'll they'll be looking at that and they'll be saying, if we get the ball back quickly, we need to go down Liverpool's right because Trent's not as good a defender as Andy Robertson. Van Dijk is on the left. He plays on the left side with Robertson in that left centre-back role. So if you're looking at Gomez and Trent as a as a partnership mm. and Gomez is on his own against the pair of them, against the, whoever's coming forward from um, Atletico's left, then that's a that's a chance. But also, in the on the other hand, Trent can win you the game yeah. going forward. But again, Atletico's two banks of four means you've got, he's got two guys to get past mm. rather than most teams who just hope their left-back covers him. For Atletico, the other injury news is uh, Kieran Trippier should be back. Joel Phoenix is back, but Thomas Lamar and uh, Alvaro Moretta are both still doubts. Before we wrap up, let's get a prediction for tonight. We have to do slightly better than Charlie Nicholas, whose Sky Sports prediction tonight was brilliant. He said, I can see Atletico sneaking a goal, and then he went on to predict Liverpool 2, Atletico 0, <laughs> which is a superb bit of punditry. Lee's gone for 3-1, which 3-1. I don't think will be anywhere near that kind of scoreline, but Marley gone. I'm going 1-1 one, one with one. Atletico, obviously, to go through 2-1 and aggregate, yeah. I think Liverpool might just edge it. I think 1-0 and they'll win it on Do you penalties. Know what? I could even cool. see Liverpool winning 2-1 and going out and away goals. There we go. Have to wait and see. see. That's why I think they'll get 2-1 and then they'll sneak a last minute. I, think, think? I really do think there'll be a last minute. Margaret from the Cops sucking it in. <laughs> she's gonna, she is. She's there. What odds do you get on in. Margaret from the Cops <laughs> sucking it in? That is it for Football Social Daily. Thank you very much for listening. Click subscribe and get tomorrow's episode as soon as it's ready. We'll have a full look back at Liverpool's game as well as a look at the Champions League games and Europa League games that are coming up in the rest of the week. So click subscribe now. Don't miss that one. Lee, Marley, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, guys. See you next time. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Find your nearest GDK restaurants at germandonerkebab.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.